When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like I said, the first half of my 20s, I lived paycheck to paycheck. In fact, for a time, it was even worse than that. I found myself spending more than I was making, going deeper and deeper and deeper into credit card debt. I had student loan debt, I had rent and later mortgage payments, and I was making just a bit over minimum wage at jobs I really didn't like, right? Does that sound familiar to you? It probably does, right? According to CNBC and CareerBuilder.com, 78% of Americans currently say they're living paycheck to paycheck. And a recent Federal Reserve report found that 44% of Americans couldn't cover a $400 emergency expense from their savings. Isn't that crazy? But here's the problem, right? If you only make enough money to pay your bills with like maybe a little bit left over for food and clothes and other necessities, then you really can't put extra towards that debt, right? You can't really invest to create passive income. You're just gonna stuck in this cycle. Again, I have been there. So, what did I do? How did I turn it all around? Well, let me show you. I wanna lay out a powerful four-step process to stop living paycheck to paycheck for good. This framework works no matter what financial position you find yourself in, what job you currently have, what educational background you might have, and whatever, right? Just follow these four steps and you can escape the paycheck to paycheck, we'll call it pit of despair, right? All right, here we go. Number one, own it. The first step in getting out of the paycheck to paycheck living is like the least tangible, but the most important step, really. Like, listen close, you have to own it. In other words, you have to take 100% responsibility for your financial position in life, right now. I don't care if your high school didn't prepare you or your parents taught you bad habits or your spouse spends way too much money on Gucci bags or whatever. Like, maybe you got into money problems because of some kind of medical issue, right? Or maybe you were laid off, whatever. I don't care whose fault it is. It's not about fault, it's about responsibility. Now maybe that sounds harsh, but the truth is, nothing is going to change until you change your mindset about who has the power to change your life. The government isn't gonna do it, your parents aren't going to do it, your spouse ain't gonna do it. You gotta take 100% responsibility for your financial position. But don't think of this as like a negative thing. It's actually incredibly powerful because it means that you have the ability to change it. Look, I can't change the weather, but I can change where I live. That's fault versus responsibility. Does that make sense? So, I don't wanna hear any of this garbage about, well, my spouse, you know, she takes care of the bills, or I let my husband handle the finances. Those are lame excuses for being too lazy to take responsibility. All right, off my soapbox. Time to move on to the second step. Assess it. You need to assess the situation in detail and understand exactly where you stand financially. Like, to the penny, right now, can you write down exactly how much money you made last month and how much money you spent? Like, right now, what is your net worth? Can you tell me? Sadly, most people wouldn't even know how to begin looking that stuff up. But do you see how important this is? It's like somebody who really wants to lose weight but they have no idea how much they weigh right now, or how much they eat, or whether they've worked out in the past month. 
Like, how serious do you think that person would be about losing their weight if they don't even know those basics? And how serious are you about no longer living paycheck to paycheck if you don't know the basics? Okay, so to truly assess it and to get a firm grasp on exactly what your finances look like, I want you to fill out a simple personal financial statement. It's a really simple document, don't get overwhelmed. It just helps you list your income, your expenses, your assets, which are things that like add to your net worth, like the value of properties you own, or the value of stocks or bonds or mutual funds, uh, the value of any businesses you might own, et cetera, right? The assets. And then there's liabilities, which are things that you owe money on, like debt, right? You can download a re really, really easy to use personal financial statement at that URL I gave you earlier, biggerpockets.com slash paycheck. Again, totally free, I just want you to use it. Okay, so on this personal financial statement, you're going to list every bit of income you currently have. If you're self-employed, average the last like six months down to an average monthly, right? Then you're gonna list all your expenses and separate them into one of three categories and then grouping them into subcategories. The three categories are, number one, fixed expenses. Those are bills that come regularly and they don't change that much. It's like rent, right? It's always kind of the same, credit cards, uh, things like that. Variable expenses is the second category, which are bills that we all spend money on every month but can fluctuate quite a bit, like eating out, right? Gas, groceries, medical bills, clothing, and finally, number three, the third category, other expenses, which would be like totally optional stuff. Like, hey, I went to the movie, I went to Starbucks, I went on a vacation. In fact, for most people, there's quite a bit in this category. It's basically stuff that you spend money on, but you could have survived this world without. I'm not saying you shouldn't have those things, just that they don't fit with either fixed or variable expenses. So yes, this means you're actually going to need to print out your bank statement from the past few months and go line by line through it, giving each and every expense a category. You can also use a software like mint.com or youneedabudget.com to do this electronically and track it over time, which I'd actually highly recommend. They're pretty cool things. All right, let's use an example together. You might see that your fixed expenses were rent, 1,000 bucks, car payment, 300, insurance, $100, credit card bill, like 300, student loan, 300, cell phone, 100 bucks, so those are the fixed ones, right? Now variable expenses, those are things that can change a little bit. Gas, around a couple hundred dollars. Groceries, 300. Restaurants were 600. Retail purchases, like Amazon, that's a big amount in my household. 800 bucks a month. Now finally, you add up all the fun money, the thing that didn't fit into that, and it added up to 1,500 bucks, right? So when we put it all together, last month your fixed expenses were 2,100, your variable expenses were 1,900, fun money was 1,500 for a grand total of $5,500 spent last month. Now, if you were thorough and accounted for every single expense, that total number should line up with what your bank account shows. And if you're like many Americans, if you're spending 5,500 a month, you're probably taking home around 5,500 a month, right? Paycheck to paycheck. Well, duh, Brandon, you already said that. I already know I'm living paycheck to paycheck. That's why I'm watching this lame video. All right, stick with me. Don't underestimate what you've just done. Like, dividing it up in those categories, it's incredibly important. Every dollar now has a place. There are no wild dollars lost out in the woods looking for their mama, right? All of your dollars are safe at home. You are, for perhaps the first time in your life, running your money rather than letting your money run you. But we're not done yet, right? Knowing something is not the same as doing something, right? 
I know how to get a six pack, I don't have one. Now, in a few minutes, we'll explore some ways to increase your income to help you make significantly more every month. But the reason I never wanna start this discussion there is because people have a really strong tendency to increase their spending to whatever level of income they find themselves in. I call it the income creep. Like you get a raise, and you spend more money. It's just how human nature tends to work, right? But we need to fix that behavior before we increase our income or else the extra income will simply mean we're living paycheck to paycheck with nicer couches and a nicer car. Does that make sense? So let's go on to step number three, what most people don't have the balls to do with their money, dominate it. When you dominate in war, you control the battle, you put the right people in the right places to achieve total victory. And when you dominate in chess, you control the game and put the pieces right where you want to win, humiliating the other person, right? And when you dominate your money, you put those expenses exactly where you want them for total victory. Does that make sense? Dominating your money begins with understanding how your cash flows through your life. And for that, we're gonna use the simple cash flow funnel that I talk about in my book, How to Invest in Real Estate in chapter two. You see, most people's expenses, they flow through them like this. Money is spent on fun stuff without thinking, then on variable expenses, then on the fixed expenses, and then maybe if there's something left, people will give it to a charity or save it for an investment. But that's not how wealthy individuals filter their money. Instead, this is how wealthy people do it. They flip the chart upside down. At the very top, the first thing they do is tell their money to go into savings to be invested. In other words, they pay their future first. I love that phrase, don't you? Pay your future first. Rather than giving your future self the leftovers, you're giving it the prime beef. Rather than treating your future like a second class citizen, you're treating it like royalty. Rather than whatever, you get the idea, right? pay your future self, right? Okay, so that you save the money first. Then wealthy people filter their money through giving money away next. Then they pay their fixed expenses, followed by their variable expenses. Then with what they have left, they spend it on their fun stuff. And here's the great thing. You don't have to be wealthy to begin thinking this way. Like maybe you start with saving just $10 a month or giving away $10 a month. The point is changing your mindset, the way you approach money. You've got to flip that triangle. So looking at your personal financial statement or your expense spreadsheet or whatever you're using to track your income and expenses, you're probably gonna start noticing some patterns and maybe something in there surprises you. Right? For most people, they are shocked by a few things. One, they're shocked by just how much they spend eating out or on clothing or on Amazon. And maybe it's something totally different for you, but there are almost for sure categories that are just way higher than you would imagine and you would have guessed. Because although a $70 meal might not seem that important in the moment uh, when you're making 5,500 bucks a month in salary, 10 of those in the month they sure add up to something significant, right? Adding that Mai Tai in every meal sure adds up. So, to dominate your money, it's time to get in the driver's seat and tell your money where you are taking it rather than riding around like a drunk in the backseat of a public bus on a Saturday night. So, let's get to it. How much do you want to set aside this coming month for savings? I'd encourage you to do something even if you don't think that you can. We will find the money in a moment, but let's start here. Right? What can you save? In the case of our example earlier, let's call it $200 a month. 
Now, what about giving money away? Remember, we're going through the triangle upside down. Now you might be wondering why giving money away is even being talked about right now, right? That's kind of lame. Like we're talking about making more money because research has shown that by giving away money, it actually changes the way you think about money and can actually help you earn more money. So it's important. So let's just give 100 bucks a month to this category. All right, now what about those fixed expenses, like your rent, your car payment, etc.? Well, you might be tempted to think that these bills can't be changed. I mean, they are fixed after all, right? But while these bills are not always the fastest to change, they can be changed, and usually they'll result in the biggest impact. As my friend Scott Trench, author of Set for Life, points out, you could cut back all of your Starbucks and save like $100 a month. Good job. Or you could find a way to decrease your housing expense by house hacking, which is where you buy like a small, like a duplex, triplex, something like that, and you live in one unit, rent the other ones out, so you can live for cheap or even free. Uh, or another idea, right? Getting rid of your car and using a bike, and you'll save like way more than that Starbucks habit, right? In drastic cases, maybe you could just do both. Fix your car habit, fix your house habit. All right, I'm not saying you need to go live in your parents' basement again or drive that 1980s car you had back when you were 17, but I'm not saying that you shouldn't either. Only you know the severity of your money situation and only you can decide just how bad and how fast you want things to change. And if you do decide to make some drastic changes to your fixed expenses, I applaud you and I wanna remind you, it's not forever. As Dave Ramsey often says, if you will live like no one else, Later, you can live like no one else. And speaking of Dave Ramsey, I would highly recommend his book, The Total Money Makeover. It is fantastic. All right, so to use our example from earlier, let's just say that a $1,000 rent can now be divided almost in half because we're gonna rent out a bedroom to a friend for, we'll say, 400 bucks a month. You can also sell the car and buy a cheaper car, lowering your payment to just 150 a month. Finally, you shop around and save 50 bucks a month on your insurance and you get a cheaper cell phone plan. Like, yeah, that might mean getting rid of your iPhone for a little while. Oh no, I know, scary, right? So you drop that cell phone plan to 50 bucks a month, right? Now you're saving in total $650 every month. And we haven't even gotten to the variable expenses, so let's go there now. All right, in this case, maybe you tell your money, you know what money? Instead of spending $600 on restaurants this month, I'm gonna spend $200 on eating out. You keep the grocery budget the same, but know that you'll have to be a, a bit smarter when you shop because you'll need a bit more food to make up for the few more evenings eating in at home. You also tell your money that it can't spend more than $400 on various retail shopping, so you might end up skipping that cool new gadget or you decide that you have maybe enough shirts to last a little longer. All right, so now we're spending 1,200 on variable expenses instead of 1,900, a savings of 700 bucks a month. Finally, we get to the fun money. You're spending like 1,500 bucks on totally random miscellaneous stuff, from your manicure to your weekend trip to the lake and to your Starbucks. Now I'm not saying you need to make that zero. This is what people get wrong about budgeting, but what if you drop that to 1,000 instead of 1,500? There's another 500 in savings and you still get to enjoy most of what you had before. You won't even notice it missing. At this point, we've told our money that we're driving now and we've given it some strict parameters. We're going to spend $200 on savings, $100 on charity, $1,450 on fixed expenses, $1,200 on variable expenses, and $1,000 on fund money for a total of $3,950. And remember, our income is still at 5,500, so even though we're now saving money and giving money away, two things that we weren't even doing earlier, we've actually got an extra 1,550 per month in disposable income. 
That's amazing, right? So now, we're gonna go buy that brand new iPhone so everyone knows how cool we are. This is kidding, right? If you're smart, you're gonna take that money and apply it towards either paying off debt or towards savings, towards investments. Or something we'll talk about in just a minute, we can use that money to build some income streams so we can start making more money. But we'll get there in a moment. Before we move on to making more money, I want to address an important concern that's probably creeping up in your mind right about now. Cutting back on stuff sucks. It makes your life miserable and you don't wanna be miserable. I get it. But listen to this. In my mid-20s, I wasn't doing so hot financially. I mentioned earlier, paycheck to paycheck. Well, I did the previous three steps. I took responsibility for my financial position. I took an inventory assessing where I was at, right? You know what I found? I found I was spending $1,000 more than I was making. I wasn't even paycheck to paycheck, I was worse. No, like I was losing money. No wonder I was in a rough spot, going deeper and deeper into debt. And then I did step number three and began to dominate my money, telling it where it needed to go. I set strict parameters and I even switched to a cash only envelope plan. My wife and I would literally take our paychecks and get them in cash and then we would separate the money into a bunch of different envelopes. So like the eating out envelope got like $100 and the charity envelope got like $100 and so on. And we went on a 100% cash only diet. And that way we always knew how much was left in each envelope, each category. Now was this drastic and kind of annoying? Yeah, did it work? Absolutely. In fact, here's the really fascinating thing. We didn't even notice we were cutting back. We still enjoyed our Starbucks. We still went to the movies. We still did vacations. But because we only had so much money in each envelope, we naturally, without even noticing, spent what was in there. In fact, we spent it with a lot less guilt than before. It was so incredibly freeing to be able to tell our money what to do for a change. So instead of losing a thousand a month, we started making extra money. We were no longer living paycheck to paycheck. We were living in the black and we had extra money to put into making more money. In our case, we chose real estate investing. So rather than being miserable, rather than feeling like I was sacrificing, instead, I felt empowered and control. And I think you're gonna too, when you follow the first three steps and own it, assess it, and dominate it. Now, it's time to move on to the fourth and final piece of the money puzzle. You gotta grow it. Because let's be honest, chances are you have dreams in life that are gonna require more income than just what you currently make. Maybe you have a job that you love and that satisfies your needs and you can stop watching this video right now. You're just perfectly good with one, two, and three. But something tells me you wouldn't mind having a little more money. Maybe so you can quit that job or reduce your hours. Maybe you wanna travel more, spend more time with family, spend more time on hobbies. Whatever the reason, I got your back. You now have the necessary foundation for building wealth. You know how to own your money, you know how to assess your money, and you know how to dominate your money. So now it's time to learn how to grow it. There are an infinite number of ways to grow your wealth and your income. Obviously, based on the books that I've written and the podcasts that I host, I am in love with real estate investing. I just love all the cool stuff you can do with real estate, like flipping houses, right? Fixing them up and selling them, uh, owning rental properties, you get cash flow. And obviously, if you wanna know more about how to use real estate to grow your income, just check out some of our books or the podcasts or blog posts or the videos, right, that we have all around bigger pockets or just 
use Google. Like you'll find some good stuff out there about real estate investing. Uh, the social networks, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, it's everywhere, right? But it's not just real estate. Real estate has a lot of cool things going for it, but it's not the only way to make money. You know, I actually have numerous income streams that I've built in my life. Like I make money every month from rental properties. Uh, I make money from products that I've designed and sold. I make money from book sales, from books that I've written. I make money from my websites, uh, from speaking and so on. And because you are no longer living paycheck to paycheck, you can afford to venture into some of these income streams. Now, we should take a second here and separate earning additional income into two separate categories, active and passive. Now, if you take your extra income and you toss it into the stock market and you start building up a stock portfolio, that's a mostly passive activity. If you decide to start a flooring business because you understand flooring better than anybody, well, that's an active business. Well, passive income usually takes a lot longer to build up, but it become, becomes like passive, right? Active income is like starting a business or picking up extra hours at work, getting a second job or doing a side hustle. And that can start producing good income right away. And then of course, you can always do both. I actually love the idea of making as much as possible through active means and then funneling it as much as possible into passive investments. Now, the stats don't lie. Most businesses fail, you've heard that. But as entrepreneur and star of Shark Tank, Mark Cuban says, I've learned that it doesn't matter how many times you failed, you only have to be right once. In other words, you might fail, but you'll learn a ton. And if you can keep it relatively low risk, that failure will just be a lesson to help you get closer to success next time. And eventually you'll hit the success in a business and you'll do great. So start asking yourself, what are you so good at that you could earn more money by doing? Maybe that's taking that 1500 bucks a month we talked about earlier and buying a rental property every six months. Or maybe you buy some vending machines for three grand and you start making a couple hundred dollars a month off the vending machines. Or maybe you hire a couple hard workers and you start a roofing business, right? No matter what you choose, here's the number one most important tip I can give you. Something that honestly, I wish I would have been told when I got started. Business is a skill that must be learned. It doesn't come naturally, it's not easy, but it can and must be learned. You know, as author Michael Gerber points out in the famous business book, The E-Myth Revisited, just because you can bake a good cake doesn't mean you can own a bakery. They're two completely different skills. I mean, think about it. How many times have you been to a restaurant and had a terrible experience because they didn't know how to run a business? Or have you ever like called a contractor? I know this happens to me all the time. Call a contractor to fix something and not get a call back? Why? Because people learn how to do their craft, but they never learn how to run a business about their craft. So learn, if you're gonna do a business, learn how to run a business. Start reading a ton of business books, not just books about your industry. Listen to podcasts about business. Talk with other entrepreneurs. Like, how do you manage a team? How do you grow without increasing all your risk? How often should you meet with your team, right? How do you raise money? I mean, those are business skills and you must learn to develop them. And the good thing is you can. A few good places to start. I'll give you a couple books that I really, really like a lot. Number one, The E-Myth Revisited, mentioned it a minute ago. Number two, The Lean Startup by Eric Ries. Or Rice, Ries. Number three, The Four Disciplines of Execution by Chris McChesney and Sean Covey. And number four, Rich Dad's Cashflow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. And honestly, there are thousands of great businesses 
like great businesses and business books out there. So start interacting, reading books, connecting with business owners. All right, let's wrap this discussion up by revisiting the example numbers we looked at throughout the video. Earlier, we talked about how owning our money, assessing our money, and dominating our money, we were able to free up an extra $1,500 per month in income. So, now just for fun, let's assume you know nothing about lawn care, but you've learned how business works. You see a need in your area for roofs, and you know that contractors in your area are horrible about marketing and calling customers back. So you save up your $1,500 in extra income for six months, giving you nine grand. You use that money to buy a dump trailer and you hire three employees. And you know that you don't need to even pay them for the first two weeks. So you immediately start a marketing campaign in your town. You look for every home you can find with an old roof and you send a personal letter offering to replace their roof within two weeks. And within days, you get your first customer because you actually answer your phone and you bid with the help of your new employees and you get the job. Total materials for the job, $3,000. Your employee costs, eh, about two grand, including a bonus for them and all the licenses and all the insurance and stuff. Now you charge eight grand for the roof and in just three weeks, you make a pre-tax profit of $3,000 without ever swinging a hammer. Over time, as your business grows, you buy better equipment, engage in better marketing, and within six months, you're now doing eight roofs a month and you're averaging that three grand a profit for every job for a total of $24,000 a month in income. Your business gets easier, more systematized, and soon you can just quit your day job because you've learned to own your money, assess your money, and dominate your money. Your expenses haven't risen even one bit, and now you got a business that's producing much more than you earned before. You know, or to use another example from my real estate investing world, let's say you followed the steps one, two, and three, and now you got some breathing room in your budget. So you're ready to grow it, right? Now you save that 1,500 bucks a month for six months, now you got nine grand. You use the $9,000 you saved up as a down payment on a house fix and flip. You fund the rest with a partner who agrees to put up the rest of the money in exchange for half the profit. After three months of managing contractors and maybe even rolling up your sleeves on the weekends to get some good old fashioned work in, you clear 40 grand in profit on the flip. You give your partner his 20 grand for his half, and you keep your 20 to put into the next deal, which now you can do the next one without a partner. So that next flip, you net a full $40,000, and now you're living a life that you created. You know, I hope at this point you can see how this all works together to create true financial freedom. Because when you own your money situation, you put yourself in a position to make real change happen. Then, when you assess your money situation, you see exactly where you are, no more hiding. Then when you dominate your money situation, you put yourself in the driver's seat and you begin directing what happens to your money. You have total control, total victory. And finally, when you grow your money situation carefully and with the extra income that you've freed up, you have the ability to build a great life that gives you time and money for the things you truly want to do in life. And that, is how you stop living paycheck to paycheck. Now, go share this video with your friends because you know they're living paycheck to paycheck too. And hey, if you found the video helpful, please do me a favor, make sure you click that little thumbs up button and let the internet world know it has value and maybe more people will stumble across the video. All right, and of course, if you're not already subscribed to Bigger Pockets channel here, make sure you subscribe. Hey, also, and follow me personally over on Instagram at Beardy Brandon if you want to keep in touch and follow Bigger Pockets at Bigger Pockets Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. 
For BiggerPockets.com, my name is Brandon Turner, signing off.